All right, how about hour number two on a Thursday? A lot of football that we're getting you ready for. Of course, a unique experience tonight for you Cowboys and Longhorns fans. Both kick off in prime time. I just can't remember another time it's ever happened. 715 for the Cowboys. Remember, you're going to hear it on 1019 and AM 1260. The reports are that Joshua Dobbs is going to start at quarterback for the Titans. Nope, I'm not kidding. Tennessee technically can't gain or lose anything tonight. It's next week against Jacksonville where they can get the division. So then the question is, what will the Cowboys do? There are some reports out there that maybe Tony Pollard is going to get a rest tonight. Maybe other Cowboys as well. Good but move, Mike. We'll have to see how that plays out. Longhorns in Washington play the Alamo Bowl. You'll hear that one at 8 o'clock tonight. We'll crank everything up with the pregame at 4 o'clock over there at Lavaca Street. Rock Rose in the uh, Domain Northside. If you haven't been over there, check out that location. Rod and Harge here in town. Aaron, Jeff Howe, uh, they are in San Antonio uh, covering things for us on that side of it. We're going to talk to Jeff here in just a second. Uh, 8 o'clock kick, and remember, all that in terms of the Longhorn game is on 104.9 and on Coke FM as well. Also, before we get back into the football discussion, unfortunately, sometimes in this job, you got to report on the death of a sports figure, and this is about as big a sports figure as has ever existed in my lifetime, other than Muhammad Ali, I guess, would be another one that would be maybe bigger on the scale, but Pele has died at the age of 82. Wow. He's been battling health issues. He was unable to go to this year's World Cup. A lot of soccer folks know that. Uh, To many, he is the greatest soccer player that ever lived. Pele dead at the age of 82. The hospital in Sao Paulo is reporting uh, kidney issues, cardiac issues. He's he's battled cancer over the last couple years. But uh, Zay, no surprise, tough as hell. He battled through for a long, long time. Uh, But today, Pele uh, dead at the age of 82. Sad to hear. Greatest of all time. Three World Cups. No Everybody doubt. talks about his legacy in soccer and football throughout America. And, yeah, I consider him the GOAT. Yeah, he's the greatest I've ever seen. Yeah. He's the greatest I've ever seen. And those two dudes that wear the Argentinian stripes, they're badasses too. But, man, I don't uh, – yeah, no, I've never seen anything that, that would top Pele. So, rest in peace to the great Pele. And uh, I know the, the soccer world is going to be mourning that one for a long, long time. All right, uh, let's get to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Talk some Longhorn football. Maybe a little Cowboys as well. He's a Cowboys fan. He'll be checking out both tonight. He is Jeff Howe. You're going to want to be at Horns247.com tonight. Uh, Longhorn Blitz podcast every week for you. Light the tower every day, 10 to 12. He was doing that, of course, earlier today. And if you're getting your follows together, be sure to add this one at Jeff Howe 247 because he's in San Antonio uh, and we'll be in San Antonio tonight covering the game. Jeff, how are things? Chad, before we do anything else, I just got to ask you, did you kill Pele? <laughs> no, I did not. No, <laughs> no. Okay. All right. No. I just want to get that out of the way right now. Nope. Make it's- sure that. No, I, I did not say anything crazy or sideways about Pele recently. No, I've always always had nothing but respect for him. But I appreciate you checking. I, I know my reputation does precede me there. Um, all right, so, uh, Jeff, as we get ready for this game tonight with Texas and Washington, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of fascinating angles here, but I'm just going to start with Quinn Ewers. Give me, a, give me a thought on kind of his mindset going in and Sark's mindset for Ewers going into this game. How do you think they're going to attack it? Well, you just want to answer there is Sark's mindset for Quinn Ewers. Uh, everything we've heard throughout the ball practices leading up to this, they're going to be really aggressive with the pass game. I mean, Washington, 
no matter if you're looking at raw numbers, advanced statistics, whatever, Washington's got one of the worst pass defenses in the country. So Texas is going to try to throw it. They're going to try to throw it deep. Uh, I know, you know, I've looked it up uh, for some stuff that I wrote at Horns 24-7 that I talked about in Life the Tower today. I mean, Quinn Ewers is 15 of 44 this year. Recorded a pro football focus on passes of 20 yards or more down the field. So, and Xavier Worthy's been targeted 20 times on passes of 20 or more down the field, and he's only caught, he's been targeted 39 times, excuse me, he's only caught nine of those balls. So mm. the vertical passing game is going to struggle, to say the least, but um, that starts mindset. I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to take their shots because, again, Washington is just not very good defending the pass. As far as Quinn's mindset, I, he said a lot of really poignant things this week, but I, the one quote that still, and if he's sincere about it, I think it's maybe the most positive thing we've heard from him this season. He said he really thought he had it figured out after the Oklahoma game. And what happened against Oklahoma State and the TCU, it really taught him the importance of studying film and being prepared, fully prepared going into a game. So uh, I think we, you know, we've seen a, a Quinn Ewers or heard about a Quinn Ewers during both practices that, that has worked hard, worked to improve his footwork, worked on you know, those, those changes, Chad, that we talked about. They're not in-season changes. You make those in the offseason. He started to, to work on some of those things, and uh, I'd be really disappointed if we didn't see a much sharper Quinn Ewers, especially early in the game, uh, than the Quinn Ewers we saw pretty much for the last three, four games of the season. Interesting, Jeff. You know, with this offense for Washington, such a juggernaut offense with Michael Penix leading it, you know, most passing yards out of any quarterback in the nation, eight in Heisman votes, Coach DeBoer and him go back to the Indiana days. How does Pete Kwiatkowski, with no DeMarvion overshone, go about attacking this defense, or attacking this offense, I mean, that you know is going to put the ball through the air? Yeah, I think you've got to take something away. Is that you've got to figure out what you're going to take away. I mean, the good thing for Texas is, you know, they they don't have to get super exotic to disrupt things along the line of scrimmage, right? They they do a really good job and have done a really good job of winning up front with their front three or front four. Uh, really, other you know, you think about it, like the first drive of the K State game and maybe like the last uh, I don't know eight minutes or so of the TCU game. Other than those two stretches. Nobody's really just lined up and been able to pound the football right at Texas with any level of consistency this year. Uh, and, and they're one of the most disruptive defensive lines in the country, whether you're looking at pressures, a pressure rate, anything like that. So uh, Texas can play a pretty bland front uh, and, and be able to win one-on-ones. What I think the thing is, uh, the key thing to, to what I'm watching, is I think you've got to take away the deep ball. That's the one thing you've got to try to do is take away the deep ball. Because Washington, you know, Michael Penix, Guys, he's done 29 touchdowns this season. 14 of them have come on throwing the 20 yards or more down the field. So when they when they chunk it deep, they make it count. Uh, with that said, if you're going to take away the deep ball, if you're going to take away something, you give up something. I think what Texas is going to give up, and I always sound like a broken record when I say this, that area, zero to 19 yards down the field and between numbers. We've seen Texas be vulnerable there. And, you know, the adjustment is, you know, Jalen Ford, DeMarvin, and Overson have developed a really good rapport playing together. Now you're going to get Diamante Tucker Dorsey. You'll see Tuck in, in that role replace Overson. You'll see Mo Blackwell playing there a little bit. You'll see some, maybe some David Benda. But no matter who's there, it's going to be a guy that Jalen Ford isn't nearly as comfortable playing with as he was with DeMarvin Overson. So I, I think that second linebacker spot, that if I'm if I'm Michael Penix, that's probably half of his resistance is to target that guy. 
that whether it's Tuck, Blackwell, whoever, as long as they just not be a liability, uh, Texas will give themselves a chance. Uh, having a little bit of issue there with the connection of Jeff. You want to try to call Jeff back real quick? Yeah, I'll call him let's, back. Let's try to call him back real quick. You got a little garbled there at the end of that uh, last answer. We'll see. Jeff on his way to San Antonio to get things covered for the Alamo Bowl. Again, it is an 8 o'clock kick tonight. Some interesting thoughts there. These two teams definitely um, would – I feel like these are two teams that want to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. We've talked about some of those numbers um, that, that Jeff is bringing up. Pass defense for both, it does not look great. And uh, then you dig even further into those pass defense numbers, certainly not good for Washington. Interesting stuff. Uh, I want to ask about the defense going up against Penix because uh, uh, this is a, a team that uh, will definitely uh, be throwing it around. Uh, Jeff, we got you now. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just pulled into the driveway, so I'm connect bouncing and off of Wi-Fi, so my apologies for that. Gotcha, no problem, no problem. Uh, on the, the Penix discussion, uh, I'll admit, I haven't watched Washington play a ton. How important do you feel like the Texas front is going to be in terms of pressure, trying to get hands in his face? Because looking at the numbers for him, am I right in saying he's not much of, there's not much of a dual threat to him, right? You're, they're going to know where he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, he'll run kind of when he has to. Uh, he, he's capable of doing it. What he's going to do, though, is he's going to run with his eyes down the field and look for look for you to come up and try to commit to him and then chunk the ball over the top where, where you – the area you vacated. So, yeah, in, in Texas, you know, kind of like I was saying, uh, Texas, that's one of the, the good things about this defense is, you know, you don't – and we've seen P.K. Will blitz, but as good as this group has played – uh, you know, you don't have to blitz a ton. You can just play, you know, your basic front and get after people one-on-one-on-ones. I do think the thing with Washington, you know, you look at the best defenses they've faced this year uh, in terms of where teams ranked in defensive SP+. Washington State is, is the best defense they've seen all year, and I'm just going by, you know, ESPN and Bill Conley, their SP+, rankings. Washington State was a top-20 defense in that Apple Cup. Washington, Washington scored 51 points and averaged over 10.5 yards of play. With that said, they haven't seen a defensive front that's as talented or as deep as the one they're going to see tonight. So that group, not only do they need to win, they need to make their share of splash plays, get Washington behind the chains, and try to win this game. Early downs, Chad, I know it's something that sounds kind of cliche, Early downs are going to be huge in this game. Texas is one of the best offenses in the country at getting first downs on first and second down. Defensively, they're one of the best defenses in the country at preventing first downs on first and second down. Now, the problem there is you know, Texas, in terms of laying down success rate on third and fourth down, you know, they're, in, they're ranked in the 90s in the country, and Washington is the best money down offense in the country. So, you know, eliminating manageable third and fourth downs is going to be huge, and you do that by winning out front early and getting them behind the chains. Good point. Jeff, you mentioned that Quinn Ewers and Cesar Keeshan are definitely going to throw the ball tonight, but they're going to have to run it too. And Jonathan Brooks, this is his big-time game to show what he could do, especially going into 2023, along with Keelan Robinson. How do you think that the run game is going to look tonight? How, how Do you think Steve Sarkeesian is going to lock into it like he did in the Kansas and Baylor game? Or do you think that they're just going to have to take advantage of what Washington gives them, which Washington doesn't have the best secondary uh, in, in the nation. Well, yeah, they're not great stopping the run either. Zay, I know, I know you can look at the raw numbers and say, yeah, they're kind of middle of the road in the Pac-12. I think they're like a top 40-ish 
uh, run defense when you just look at the raw numbers. But you know, Pro Football Focus ranks that Washington run defense like 100, I think it's 112th in the country mm. uh, in terms of uh, opponent rushing success rate. They're like 98 nationally. So you can run the ball on Washington. To me, it's all about the Texas offensive line. You know, that group has a lot of confidence right now because of the way they were able to run the football against Kansas and Baylor coming off of that TCU game that was just an abysmal performance offensively, but especially on the ground. So to me, it's about the Texas offensive line asserting themselves and winning up front and protecting Quinn Ewers because that Washington defense, if you look at football outsiders, their D-line metrics, the Washington defensive line is second in the country in sack rate. So the tech, a lot's going to be on the Texas offensive line. But I'm glad you mentioned Keaton Robinson, Zay, because for rightfully so, a lot of the focus is turning to Jonathan Brooks. But on a per-touch basis, Keelan Robinson was your most explosive playmaker on offense, including B. John Robinson. And you, know, you go back to last year in the West Virginia game when, when Keelan was a true tailback. Uh, he had a heck of a game when it was just, hey, Roshan was hurt, B. John was hurt uh, when he had the, the elbow injury. Uh, you just kind of had to turn around and hand it to seven, and he did a pretty good job. So Jonathan Brooks, yeah, he's going to get his carries. But I think it's about that offensive line setting the tone and then how you use Keelan Robinson making sure you're maximizing his touches. And then there will be times, probably more than we've seen him this year, just lining up as a traditional tailback taking handoffs. Also, Jeff, do you think we might see a Malik Murphy sighting tonight? Or do you think Quinn might be on a short leash with what we've seen this season? How, how do you think Steve Sarkeesian is going to look at that situation? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, Malik Murphy's made really good strides in bowl practices. I know Sark has said that, and we've heard that behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, as far as just going from being, uh, you know, running the scout team to being QB2, I don't think this is the deal. And, look, I mean, we've seen Quinn, Quinn struggle throughout the year with Hudson Card as your backup quarterback, and you didn't make the change then. So I think anybody looking for Sark to, to put Quinn Ewers on some kind of a short lease or be ready to yank him, uh, I don't think – I think it's just you're at the fool's errand at this point to expect that. It's just not going to happen unless there's an injury or something. Uh, so I think they any scenario where you see Malik Murphy tonight, it's either going to be really, really good because Texas is up by a lot or really, really bad because they're down by a lot. Jeff, I got a Cowboys question on the way out. But first, do you have a prediction out there for this game? Do you think Texas gets win number nine? No, I picked, you know, we did our picks at Horns 24-7. I picked Washington 38-31 just because offensively for Texas, uh, you know, Bijan and Roshan could erase a lot of mistakes with their ability to maximize plays. Mm -hmm. And now that you don't have that, that's not something you can just replicate. So I think it's going to be a track meet, but I just don't see Texas having quite enough with those two guys out uh, to, uh, to get the job done. But... You know, I talked about my three keys to victory, my three matchups on the show this morning. Both of the articles are up on the site at Horns 2470 if you want to check them out. If Texas does those things, they've got a great shot to go win the game tonight. Uh, and in terms of the Cowboys, let me put you in the meeting room at the Cowboys Hotel here. If the reports are true and Joshua Dobbs is the quarterback for Tennessee, if Derrick Henry's doubtful and Jeffrey Simmons and a couple other defensive players aren't going to play, if you're Mike McCarthy – would you counter that in any way with resting? Because the Cowboys still technically have the one seed out there, so they can't just throw the game away. But would you counteract that with any resting of your own? 
Uh, props to Joshua Dobbs because until this news came out, I didn't know he was still in the league. So good for him for being gainfully gainfully employed in the National Football League. Yeah. Um, I would. I think it would be a case by case basis on the Cowboys, right? Like if somebody's banged up and or got a got a nagging injury or something like that, uh, I, I may look at you know it, treating it like maybe uh, you know maybe go through the first half and see how things go. Because like you said, Chad, if you're the Cowboys and you want that one, so you got to win this game. So I maybe just kind of play it by ear, proceed as normal through the first half, assess things at halftime. You know, if you're up. You know, twenty-four nothing at halftime, and then maybe you don't need Micah Parsons on the field in the second half or whatever. Uh, because if Josh, if Joshua Dobbs starts carving you up, you didn't deserve to win the game anyway. So, uh, especially with no Derrick Henry, um, yep. yeah, I would I would just proceed as normal, assess it at halftime, and then go from there. Yeah, I think that's fair. One more from Zay, real quick. Yeah, Jeff, this Texas basketball team looked good, especially Marcus Carr against Texas A&M Commerce the other night, going into Big Twelve play. First true road test this year. The Illinois game doesn't really count as a neutral site in the Garden, but they're going to Norman on Saturday. How do you feel with Coach Terry, you know, running the show on the sideline with this team going into Norman, starting the Big Twelve? How, how do you feel about this Texas basketball team? Well, the good the good news there is, you know, you're going to Norman on New Year's Eve, so students aren't aren't in town. So I would imagine it's not going to be like a, a rabid crowd frothing at the mouth. I know they hate Texas, but I wouldn't expect it to be a sellout or anything like that. So I, I think it'll be a really good test in that respect that you're not just getting thrown to the wolves on the road. Uh, you realize that uh, the last four games, Marcus Carr shooting over sixty percent from three. The last four games. Uh, yeah, I think it's like six, 61, 61-8 or 61-2. I forget what it is. Uh, but, yeah, he's shooting over 60% from three uh, the last four games. And, and to me, if you look at these four games they played without Chris Beard, like, the contributions they've gotten from their veterans. Marcus Carr has played by far his best basketball this season. Timmy Allen started to find his group. Uh, what Christian Bishop has given you, gave you off the bench, and now what he's giving you uh, as a starter with Dylan DeSue day-to-day with that knee sprain. Uh, Brock Cunningham's given you meaningful contributions off the bench. So your veteran guys have really led you through this stretch. You're going to need those guys to continue to play well. But the, the one thing, Zay, that I'm, I'm really watching to see uh, does Tyrese Hunter, does the shooting from the outside become consistent with him? We know he can, but really outside of the Gonzaga game, he really just hasn't been that consistent with it. So uh, if you can get Tyrese Hunter going and keep Marcus Carr in his groove, and, and the other thing I like about Carr, too, is he's getting points and he's shooting the ball well. He's doing it within the flow of the offense. It's not like they're just you know running ISOs and he's trying to break guys down off the dribble and, and running down the shot clock and then forcing something. It's within the flow of the offense. He's coming off screens. Uh, he's, he's running pick and pops. It's, it's give and go. So I just like the way he's playing right now and being within the flow of the offense. But, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not too worried about the, the home court. I, I, go, I could be dead wrong about Saturday and Norman. I'm just not expecting it to be – uh, what you would typically expect Texas would be walking into in Norman. Yeah, that might be a good point there. I hadn't thought about that angle, just the fact that it's New Year's Eve. That is Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz podcast, like the tower every day, 10 to 12. We will have full shows tomorrow reacting to all the Longhorn and Cowboy stuff from tonight. And again, get your follows together for tonight at Jeff Howe247. Also, Chip Brown will be there covering it for Horns247. That's Chip Brown at Chip Brown247 as 
as well. Those will be the guys there covering it. Check out Horns247.com for those great articles Jeff was telling you about as we get ready for the Alamo Bowl. Jeff, safe travels to and from, man. We will uh, We will talk to you tomorrow. Yep, sounds good, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Good stuff as always. Hard-working man right there, Jeff Howe, and uh, he will be at the Alamo Dome and Alamo Bowl tonight. We'll see how Texas looks uh, in that one. And uh, in terms of that Texas basketball game, remember that's Saturday at 1 right here on the Horn. All right, we'll keep talking NFL Week 17, starting off with a crazy one tonight. If you are Mike McCarthy. Do you make changes off of these Tennessee stories? We'll get that back to that discussion, plus a little bit of a flex segment for you because the class of 25 is coming, and our man Snoop Daniel has a big list of them for you. We'll tell you where to find it next on The Horn. We are rolling through a Thursday, getting ready for Longhorns and Cowboys simultaneously tonight. We'll get you all the details there. All right. High on you. This is Survivor, right? That's right. Okay. That's what I thought. Just making sure. Making sure. Catchy stuff. I mean, come on. For what this is, I don't think you can beat this. Right? What do you mean what this is? A like earworm 80s pop song. Oh, yeah, this is 80s classic, right? Pop rock with a guitar yeah. vibe. And this guy's voice, I know he's still living on with the whole Bud Light thing, and he's that guy. Oh, really? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Including, you know, out of control Texas Longhorn fan. That's this guy. Wow. All right. But back then, it was like everything they hit would just be this anthem anthem stuff in the 80s from the rocky movies to this kind of stuff so shout out to survivor uh bare naked ladies and linda ronstadt have been a part of the show today we hope you are having a good one we're asking longhorn and cowboys fans especially if you're both how you're dealing with tonight we've had people saying they're going to do multiple screens and dual screens and somebody's going to be at the bowl game but listening to the cowboys but now this cowboys game has taken a weird turn with what the titans are going to do because they can't win anything tonight. They can't get the division, and they can't lose it. So they're going to rest, folks. They are going with Joshua Dobbs. It's not a joke. Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. They got him off the Lions practice squad last week. They're going to go with him at quarterback. Reportedly, Derrick Henry. And he's had a stint with the Titans before. He's been so with- this isn't his first you okay. know, go around with the Titans. It's not like he completely doesn't know the playbook. That's true. That's true. Now, for his stats, I did find the it's very limited him. He's appeared in six regular season games, all with Pittsburgh. They got him in the fourth round in 17. He was 10 of 17 for 45 yards and a pick in those games. I mean, just limited yeah. stuff. Only six regular season games. Then the report is that Derrick Henry is doubtful. So we all kind of know what that means. You pointed it out earlier. Hip injury for their big train with Tannehill gone for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's the only positive thing going for that offense. You want to rest that weapon for Jacksonville. And then they're going to sit Jeffrey Simmons. They're going to sit like two or three other guys on defense in terms of starters. So then the question would be, what do you do if you're Mike McCarthy? Zay, so far, I like the idea that's been thrown. I love Jeff Howe's idea. Play the first half normal. 
because you're facing a Mike Vrabel coached NFL football team. That guy's going to put his team in a situation. I know it's Dobbs, and I know I've made fun of him and everything, but you have to win this game. So I wouldn't go in automatically thinking, oh, got to rest this guy, got to rest that guy. I'd go at it 100% to start. And then, like Jeff said, man, you get up 24, 28, nothing or something, or 21, seven earlier, it's 28, 10 at the half. Then you want to think about stuff? Go ahead. Yeah, and I know the Titans are missing a lot of guys on the defensive end, but one thing that they could hang their hat on, they're a pretty good run-stopping defense. I want to say they're second in the league at yards allowed through the ground. So, you know, even if you're the Cowboys and you're trying to run Ezekiel Elliott just to control the game and stuff, that might still be difficult. That's why I said this might be one of them games where I'm cool with Dak Prescott Throwing over 30 times. Oh, here we go. Because that secondary ain't nothing to play with. Now, I would test the middle of that defensive line without Simmons in there. Yeah. I'd test that a few times. Yeah, test it. I'd let Ezekiel Elliott see what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, definitely see, but. I get what you're saying. That I wouldn't be mad at Kellen Moore and Big Mike if they allowed Dak to sling that thing around a little bit, especially to get his confidence up a little bit more. He just, you know, besides that pick six that he threw against the Eagles, he carved them up a little bit for over 360-some yards of, what, 27 for 35? Dude, his overall numbers, if you just looked at that box score, they're pretty nice. They're pretty nice. Yeah. Let him keep on rolling so he gets that momentum and confidence going up against D.C. Yeah. in them. And, yeah, you got a long break after this win, a longer break than most. That's you know, true. playing on a Thursday, yeah. so you get to rest a lot of those guys. Tony Pollard could get another weekend. And yeah, you could go for maybe that number one spot, depending on if New Orleans could go up to Philly and take care of business, which I highly doubt. Oh, but, I do too. you know. But you never know. You never know. It's the yeah. NFL. Yeah, and it is in Philly. It's New Orleans trying to get that win, and then the Eagles will finish with the Giants. So you're going to need the Giants to pull one never off. Like, never like those dome teams going and playing in the cold. During this time of year, especially with no big-time quarterback, that could be tough for the Saints. Yeah, another thing you need if you're the Cowboys probably is if the Giants win this week, they're in the playoffs. So maybe you need – if the Colts beat them this week, I don't know if they could still get in, but maybe you need that to happen to where the Giants are still hungry. Because if they're not and they rest people, the Eagles are going to step on them. Maybe in the last game. So yeah, anyway. the only person I would rest on the Giants if they were already in was Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm getting too ahead of ourselves. We got we get the Cowboys got to figure out tonight, man. This is the NFL. <laughs> it's the NFL, man. <laughs> we just got to get through the game Yo, tonight. Yo, your PTSD has you tripping on Josh Dobbs. I'm just I, that's beautiful. Well, I love what the Cowboys have done to you over these years. Once we get into the game, once we get into that game, but I, you know, it's like you, you know, are so I, humbled. Dude, Dak, Dak threw that pick six last week in what felt like 12 seconds. That was quick. It felt like it was 10 nothing like that. I thought that was ball game right there. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? I'm yeah. like, here we go. Lucky Gardner Minshew was on the other side, which he didn't have a bad game himself. But, you know, his turnovers plus that Miles Sanders turnover gave the Cowboys a lot of opportunities, and they capitalized on them. Got to give them that. Yep. All right, before we hit this break, a couple quick things. First off, R.I.P. To Pele. Pele is dead at the age of 82 today. Unfortunately, we've got to tell you that a few times today. The soccer world loses one of its best, if not its best, ever, uh, according to many. So, sad to hear that story out of Brazil, but at least the pain is over for Pele. He's been going through a lot these last few years. Uh, also, before this break, let's get you a quick flex segment, because uh, Snoop put together this awesome list that you might want to check out if you love high school football. Here we go. 
Plex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to FLXATX.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. A quick one today to remind you uh, that high school basketball, of course, is going on. There's uh, tournaments in the area. You can go to flxatx.com for some of the scheduled games coming up in January as well with uh, district play getting started uh, as we get to the new year. You can also go check out this list that uh, Snoop put together of the sophomore class that we had this year. So this is class of 25 guys that made an impact last year and that obviously will be looking to make even more of an impact in their junior year. We're not going to read a ton of these names. But if you love your high school football, go check this out because just to throw a couple out, Cody Stover, the quarterback at Wimberley that took them all the way to the state title game. Yeah, oh, what was, a year he had. He was a sophomore. Yeah. I forgot it all season long. I had to remind myself over 2,400 passing yards for that kid. And he, he probably was coming in not even thinking he was going to be a starter because remember their head coach mm-hmm. and quarterbacks, our coach's son, which was a quarterback, transferred. Right. That's true, yeah, and then Cody ends up taking him to the state title game, so you're going to watch a name like that. You LBJ folks know the name Ali Scott. Speaking of quarterbacks, 21 passing touchdowns on that run-heavy team. He'll be back next year, uh, and one of my favorite running backs in the area, Jack Tyndall of Dripping Springs is coming back. He was only a sophomore, and Zay, I'll still argue that if Drip had found a way to get him a couple more key runs against Vandergrift, I think they beat him. Yeah. I think he was the key to that game, and they didn't quite get him enough carries or opportunities. They tried to rely on, you know, they, they were trying to rely on, on, on Novosad in the passing game a little too much. That was a game where they were chopping him up on the ground. I thought 18 needed more carries. Yeah, you know, that's probably hunting coach a little bit, especially with Vandergriff and how far they went getting all the way to the state championship. But yeah, I'm with you. He's a hell of a player, and he's got two more years left. And with Noah Sod gone, you would think the offense would revolve around him now. Over 1,000 total yards for Tyndall. So go check out that sophomore list. Uh, Snoop's got it for you at FLX. ATX.com. Shout out to my boy Caleb Dickey, Crockett High School, Southside. Oh, yeah. Bo- playing both sides, offense and defense. Elite. Got a chance to meet him over at one of the Flex events. That was a nice young man. And yeah, it's hard to believe that that much talent and that many numbers is only a sophomore. <laughs> only a sophomore. <laughs> His brother will be back too, right? Yeah, yeah. Brother was a junior this year. I think so, yeah. So I think the brother will be a senior. He'll be a junior. Uh, obviously, that'll be uh, – yeah, that Crockett team's interesting. They are. Really took a step this year. Both of them are coming back. That could be uh, some interesting momentum to watch too. Uh, FLXATX.com, and we do the flex segment every day at 1.30. Coming up at 2 o'clock, we're going to dig into the NFL Week 17, the playoff scenarios, this crazy Cowboys-Tennessee game that's brewing uh, that we're getting ready for tonight. Up next, though, it is where are we at in society. Zay is going to let us know, so don't move. This is the horn. Getting better. I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. The future's so bright. I gotta wear shades. 
Uh, not only is this a band I know, Zay, they're an Austin band, if I'm remembering correctly. Really? Timbuk3? Timbuk3. There it is. Uh, yes. The future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Timbuk3. I believe I'm right on that. They were from Austin. Massive one-hit wonder back in the day. This thing was huge. I can see the video in my head. They would play it all the time on MTV. Shout out to the Timbuk3 crowd if they're still out there. Timbuk3, Survivor, Bare Naked Ladies, and Linda Ronstadt have gotten us started today. We're going to dig into the NFL even deeper. Week 17 coming up at 2.05. The Cowboys-Titans game has some weird angles already as the Titans are going to rest uh, multiple players going in. What will the Cowboys do in reaction to that? Cowboys still have something they can go get, and it's part of tonight. The Titans have nothing to gain tonight, so they're going to arrest some folks. And believe it or not, start Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. That one is still freaking me out. Come on, Malik. It's bizarre, man. It is weird. Uh, It is a weird story, but the question would be that they would roast Mike Vrabel in Nashville if he plays Malik Willis and Willis, like, snapped a knee or something. Then where is he? Right, I know it's Malik Willis, yeah. but if you know Tannehill's gone, and that, and you end up doing that by the end of the night, man, they would they would crucify Vrabel in Nashville. I mean, if we're gr- crucifying the guy, then we're clearly thinking too over our skis in Tennessee because this team has no Super Bowl chances, even if they make the playoffs somehow. That's Super Bowl, what- no, but getting to the playoffs and trying yeah. to, you know. Because yeah. remember, if they make the playoffs, it's a home game. True. They get to bring somebody to them. True. It's a stupid rule, but that is the truth. It's just like what the Bucks or Panthers are going to be like in the NFC. They get to bring somebody to their house. So getting a chance to get a one home playoff win, maybe they think that's uh, that's big enough. So we'll get back to some NFL talk uh, coming up. Right now, though, it is where we at in society. Zay's going to let us know. Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to go to Twitter or what? No, just go on the web and search it if you like, but I'll break it down for you. Okay. Everybody should know by now your boy was named after Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. And everybody knows that those two guys have one of the pettiest, greatest beefs in sports history. It is a great beef. It's terrific. Where Mike and the last dance really just. And how are you going to bring Isaiah Thomas? On your documentary, and still call him an a hole, and just go at him, and just completely disrespect him. Where Isaiah yeah. Thomas, he's gonna continue to go on podcast and on TV. And he he gonna try to clear his name and say, "Yo, y'all think this guy Michael Jordan's all gravy and stuff? Space Jam, the greatness, and Mount Rushmore and stuff. Yo, he's kind of a crook too." And Isaiah Thomas did it again. Oh no! When he went on the pivot podcast which yeah pivot podcast solid podcast uh ryan clark and them and this dude isaiah thomas had the nerve to say which it could be true i don't know but it's getting a little carried away he had the nerve to say he made it safe for michael jordan to walk the streets of chicago (laughs) (laughs) that is a that is a fantastic quote this is how he broke it wow. down when he was talking to Ryan Clark and them on the pivot. This is what he says, Isaiah Thomas, and I quote, Now, this is real talk. Go back and document it. You could go back 
on the west side of Chicago. I ain't talking about Michigan Ave, where they used to kick me off for shining shoes. They used to kick me out of there. On the west side of Chicago, that's where I'm from, okay? When Michael Jordan got to Chicago, I made it real easy for him to walk the streets on the west side of Chicago. My family took care of him. My sister and brother hung out as friends. My little nephew lived with Michael Jordan. I'm being extremely good to this dude. Wow. I'm calling his house during this period of time. So this Isaiah was an a-hole. No, 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 dude. I was looking out for you. Wow. So Isaiah's saying that he and the Thomas family were running security for a young Michael Jordan and MJ might not even realize it. Yeah. If I'm Bill Mill and Beer, I'm never talking to Isaiah Thomas ever again. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm Rick Mahorn, I'm never talking to this guy you're again. Done. Joe Dumars, you you're made out. life easy for this guy. Why? Because you didn't think you'd see him later on in the future in all oh. those playoff series. Because this is—he's talking about. Remember, Jordan got drafted in '84, so this is like the early days. We're not talking about, right. you know, Isaiah Thomas doing this for Mike. You know, during the battles, '88, you know, playoffs, '89 playoffs, this is '89, why, this or is '90. Playoffs. Right. This is while the Pistons are trying to overcome the Celtics. Yeah, they haven't won nothing yet. And become the bad boys. Exactly. Yeah. The Pistons haven't even won nothing yet. Isaiah, you know, he's doing what Magic kind of did for him. Like, Magic looked out for him, Mark Aguirre, all those guys. They're really tight, and Magic was a little older. So Isaiah, he thought that he was being a good sport and saying, you know what? I'm from Chicago. I'm going to make it easy for Mike. Uh-huh. But Mike, don't talk about that. I've never heard Mike say anything I've ne- no, about me either. that. Never heard Michael Jordan talk Which about that. Which is kind of like, okay, like your cousin staying at his crib? What? See, that's a little different. If it was just, I mean, like, if it was just on the outside of everything, it's one thing. But if you literally have a family member staying with him and whatever, that's interesting. Up at two o'clock in the morning in Mike's fridge drinking up his Gatorade? Okay, the, here's what we've realized over time. We all knew this, but it, it's true. Now we need. Just a focused documentary or interview or something with just those two guys. Yeah. Somebody needs to agree, and you've said you think it's magic. Is there anybody they'd both get in a room with? Can we get some some charities to benefit? Magic's the only one. I right? don't even think Magic could do it. Can Magic get something together with his business acumen, the things he's done? Or if it's more of a modern guy, is Shaq enough of a guy? Nah. that could? Is there any way they would get in a room, try to help the less fortunate folks out there, but to answer every question people would have? And then let people on social media just throw questions and make them answer the questions. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Uh, Dude, that's wild. Isaiah Thomas, he also went on to say, you know, I, back when the Bad Boy Pistons were playing, everybody used to blame me for everything. I wasn't hitting Mike. Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, they were hitting Mike. Then everybody started hitting me. And then they blamed me for Lambeer and all those right. guys doing stuff. Because you're the leader. He's the leader. He's the point guard. He's and the he, Hall of Famer. And then eventually the other thing they blame him for is they believe that he's the reason they all walk the court. Yeah. When, they, when it came time to leave, there are those that believe that if Isaiah Thomas had— Yeah, back in 91 when they got swept. Right. If Isaiah had said, no, 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 we're going to stay and we're going to take our medicine— if that had happened, things might be different. Isaiah, that little duck down, little oh, smirk so on his weak. face. You know what I mean? It's so weak. Because when because Isaiah's not exactly the tallest guy to start with. So yeah. when he's ducking, yeah. you know yeah, he ducking and he's to ducking swerve and you know and leaving the camera. Because I would make that argument. I think if Isaiah had made that move, I think everybody from Lame Beer, maybe Lame Beer and Mahorn walk off the court. 
but not all of them. Yeah. Not everybody. Not Sally and Rodman and the whole gang. I don't think all of them would have walked it if, Chuck, if he'd stayed put. Chuck Daly with his smooth ass is rolling over in his grave <laughs> to that Isaiah Thomas statement. <laughs> Serious, man. That is a weird angle on it, though. I do wonder: Does the city of Detroit, bad boys themselves, guys associated with that team, do they hear that in a totally different way? Like, whoa, 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 whoa! You did what for Michael Jordan while we were trying to battle our way up to championship status? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to look at it. Very odd. Yep, I'm looking for it. The Michael Jordan, uh, Isaiah Thomas interview. Let's get yeah, somebody to it, do that. If any old head says, Zay, you don't know what you're talking about. This day and era, man, it's nothing like the old days. I'm going to say, what? Isaiah Thomas Cousins was staying at Michael Jordan's house. <laughs> you got a new thing to yeah, say. I got a new thing to say. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas' sister and Michael Jordan, they were going to hookah lounges back in the 80s. They were going, they were going clubbing, dancing to Eddie Murphy. Oh my God. Honey on the time, honey on the time. Yeah. Rick James playing in the background, living good in Chicago. Everybody, the Thomas family, Jordan, everybody. I'd lean on the Rick James and not the Eddie Murphy. Like, cause Ed, that, that, that Eddie Murphy song's not getting you out of the house. I mean, come on. Party All the Time's a hit. You're gonna stay, it is a hit. It was produced by Rick James. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, go watch that video. Rick's like literally oh, Rick's producing in there? Okay. while Eddie's in the studio, which one of the laziest video, you know, Trying to think of a video, a plot, or trying to think of no, some no type concept of, at all. Just no concept. Oh. Let's just go in the studio and film what we what we're doing. It's the making of. It's pretty it weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was a big hit though. Yeah, that thing and that that song does live somewhere between like a schlocky attempt and a badass song. It lives between those two areas because I don't think it's either one of those things. I don't think it's a badass track, but I also don't think it's garbage. It's somewhere between. And it was catchy as hell, and it hit hard. And when it hit, you couldn't get rid of it. And the first time I heard it, I didn't think it was Eddie Murphy. One day we're just going to play all of the Eddie Murphy albums. No, that's not what we're going to do. No, please <laughs> no. Please no. Song please from no. that album. The biggest, that's, that's the biggest compliment I can give Eddie on that song is I didn't think it was him when I first heard it. I can hear it now. But when I first heard that, it's like, okay. And then I remember the first two or three times somebody tried to tell me, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. And then I saw the video and went, oh, I guess this is Eddie. Okay. Yeah, if I'm Jamie Foxx or somebody like that, I'd be like, look, Eddie, I might not be funnier than you, but I could damn sure sing better than <laughs> oh, your yes, ass. exactly. <laughs> Good grief, man. Uh, maybe that's who needs to remake that song. Let's have Jamie Foxx take a crack at a He'd party all the time. Yo, he, Jamie Foxx he has would do, hits. He would do a great job with that song. Yo, Jamie Foxx has hits. Yep, he he does. Okay, man. he's on a different level. I, on the al- clearly, I, 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 alcohol. Mm-hmm. Girl, no doubt. Get comfortable, man. Come on. No, he's awesome. That's a good point. That's a different level. That's a different level. Different of level. Actor slash uh, singer. Terrell Texas finest. Yes, sir. All right, uh, two o'clock hour is coming up. Let's start with some NFL. Lots of notes out there of guy the the comings and goings. Who's hurt? Who's in playoff scenarios? And will the Cowboys? rest some of their guys because Tennessee's going to rest some of their guys. We'll talk about that next too on the horn.